Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. Hello. Well, it's good to hear you back and your spirits seem high. Oh, I'm so excited for today. I am too, because you know what? We get to talk about creative stuff. We get to talk about selling stuff. And we get to talk to one of Kansas City's funnest personalities. Is that how you say? Is it funnest or most fun? I wrote books. I wrote books once. Uh, Aaron Folk of Lillian James Creative. Hi, Aaron. Hi. Thanks for having me on. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Yeah. All four of our listeners are excited as well. You have a lot more listeners. (laughs) Everybody I know is listening. It's about time we get somebody in here that that knows something about sales and marketing. I know. I know. And that's a topic that I love talking about. And it's something that so many uh, people we talk to in our everyday, they're like, oh, I want to raise money. I want to get investment. I'm like, you know, you could sell something too. Yeah. So you're you're all right at that, huh? Um, I like it. I enjoy it. And I think I've been a little bit successful. A little bit. Your company's grown really fast. And that is a indicator that things may be going well. So what do you guys do at Lillian James Creative? So we're a social media company, which means a million different things to different people, right? So essentially, we do all of the content creation and distribution of anything that may go onto social media for other companies. Okay. So when I want to recently, um, AY Young came by and gave Matt dance lessons because yeah. every podcast needs dance lessons. Yeah. He's a good dancer too. Did you see the video? Uh, yes. I actually, we have hired <laughs> AY for our company party in the past. And mm. I also hired him for my son's birthday party. Gotcha. Ah. Matt, Matt does children's parties. I do. Oh, yeah. well, yeah. I've got him on my list for this year. Cool. He, but he does uh, make me a bicycle clown. Oh yeah, isn't you yes. do you do balloon while dancing? What oh, oh, and telling jokes that would actually save people a lot a of trifecta. money, right? Because you wouldn't have to hire the balloon person plus the dancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and you could up your prices because you're saving them money. It's I how tell you could jokes sell that, and I sing. That oh my god! If you've ever heard Matt sing or heard any of his jokes, you know that we're gonna ha- we have a big branding and marketing task ahead of us. Yeah. Right? Do you, okay, we were just talking about Luke Wade before this. Do you know part of Casey Crew's offering is a karaoke league that we actually are joining, and you guys should join as well? I, I might actually do that. It's yeah. going to be so fun. Karaoke league. Do you know one of the things that most people don't know about me is that I do have the voice of an angel. You're a good singer? Uh, no. Oh. Well, maybe. It depends on the song. I clearly have a Like, really, are you decent? Yeah, actually. I'm so I, jealous. Yeah. But uh, I w- it's very song centric. Like some songs that sound really terrible because I don't really do high notes. Are you going to carry the company in the karaoke league? Uh, for our company, yeah, probably. <laughs> it's not yeah. going to be me. Yeah, but not gonna, I'm going to be in it only because they're going to let me because I'm the boss. But besides that, they're going to be like, you can go last, and however it works. Is it? But and sometimes going last is like if you're in the Olympic relay oh. team, the last, the anchor leg. Yeah, that's the most important. And I won't be going last. So you're going to have to go first. <laughs> Dude, you're going to go say. before anyone else shows up, Aaron. That's what they're going to say. I oh, I, that's, yeah. <laughs> I so, 
Okay. So as we are, let's, let's say we want to promote our karaoke league. How would your company help us do that? Actually, you know what? Let's come back to that. How'd you, what, how'd your company get started? Like how did all this happen? Yeah. So I actually am a college dropout. So right? am I. Congratulations. Matt is too, and then fixed it. Oh, and then you went back. <clears throat> People ask me now if I'm going to do that. And for right now, it doesn't make sense in my life. Yeah. Right. Um, and then I had two kids by myself. So I wanted to start a company a very long time ago. I gave it a shot at one point after kid one where I decorated cakes and I put them on MySpace. This is how long wow. ago it was, right? And everyone thought that was very, very strange back then. And then I needed to get a job with insurance and my decorating cakes was fun, but it wasn't as much fun once I made it a business. So that was my first attempt at having a company move back to Kansas City because I had my son in Texas away from everybody I knew and found a job as a dental secretary, like the secretary at a dentist office and very quickly realized it was a sales job, essentially what it was. Cause I had to try to talk people into making their appointments then making their like treatment appointments where you are signing up to get more dentist stuff and find new people to come there. And so that same dentist office I put on MySpace. And very quickly grew the people that came, their patients, through MySpace because we were kind of close to UMKC. And so I knew that's where the, a lot of the college students were. Uh, from there, realized in in apartments. I, this is so funny. I remember the day that I remember this. I realized and if you worked at an apartment as the leasing agent, you got a discount on the apartment. And as a single mom, that seemed like the best thing ever because I was making $11 an hour having to pay for daycare, having to pay for living all of our expenses, like very, very, very tight. And so I was able to, I just worked some magic on the phone against sales, right? And was able to get a hold of the regional manager's phone number and schedule a lunch and got my job that way instead of going the traditional way through applying because it would get kicked out online because I didn't have a degree. Through there, got a job as a leasing agent, very quickly realized their aka worst property, grossest property, not nice property. Nobody wanted to go to, but it was the largest property. And I worked off commissions. So talked myself into that uh, and very quickly got them all set up on Facebook right then was changing to where you didn't have to be a college student to be on there. So set that up quickly after that Twitter, quickly after that YouTube, ended up growing that property company through all their social media to where that was like a 98% full property and never been over 70%. And continued that throughout all their properties and was running all their marketing. Kind of tapped out there, right? Got as high as I could, doing everything I could. Ended up at Pella Windows, which is a super random thing, selling windows. Just because I was following money and it was a sales job. Windows are expensive. Windows are, are so expensive. Yeah, I did my house, my, all my whole house. It was like 35 grand. It was, I, the, it was not a small sale. <laughs> I hated that job so much, but it was the one of the best jobs ever because Pella Windows is like a machine, right? Yeah. So they send you to Pella, Iowa for three and a half weeks of just- Oh, that's an actual place? Oh. Okay. It's a place. And I went in February. Yeah. I heard Pella. I've heard great things about Pella, Iowa in February. I heard that's really the best time. (laughs) It was like a lot of people vacationing there. It's the opposite of Cebu. Yeah. I can see that. It was so, it was miserable. And it was old school sales training. Like 
open this door, close this door, open this door, close this door. What was cool about that is I had never had sales training. So did I'd you have like a little flip chart and like, Hey, this is where it. you go next. All and, of it. There were tests. Yeah. I mean, it was intense. It was like 10 hours a day of sales training for three and a half weeks and window training. Like, so I understood windows too, right? Like, so I hated it, but I find myself to this day, like going back to a lot of those lessons. Yeah, I was going to say that was probably, I mean, I look back at a lot of the, at my own history in sales and some like things that at the time I'm like, God, oh, this is stupid. But you look back at it and you're like, Hey, thanks. It yeah. teaches some fundamentals. Yeah. Just basic you, right? fundamentals. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's like batting practice or fielding, which by the way, Matt, you were brilliant um, at Royal stadium that day. I know. I don't know where you develop that kind of power as a hitter, but yeah. you definitely should have oh, been a baseball, baseball player. I hit some in the water. No, he's not. The water, the puddle that was right in front of the home plate. Hey, 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 hey. No, no, no. Matt, it sounds like you need to start hanging out with me because I'm probably worse at all these things that he's giving you a hard time about. I'll know. really be good for your ego. But, good. Thank you. Yeah. Matt's an excellent window salesperson. Mm-hmm. Are you? Yeah, yeah. Microsoft Windows. Yeah. <laughs> My, my type of window, yeah. too. Oh, and I said his jokes so, are no good. So how it. did you parlay all this into being right. the queen of social media? So at that window company, I became their number one salesperson because they did kind of a ranking system and you got you made more commission as well as you got all the, the most internal leads if you brought external leads. So I used Facebook and LinkedIn to start selling. Ah, right. And so like my, selling windows on LinkedIn, I guess. <laughs> you know, it's got cr- appointments, but, but people with money are on LinkedIn. But here's, yeah. but, you know, but here's the thing. Like, uh, you know, I, I consider myself a long tail marketer. Like who's out there actually selling. We might be the best window salesperson on LinkedIn if you're the only person doing it. Yeah. Who knows? You're right, though. There are people with money. It's a good way to to probably. Do, so d- using LinkedIn, were you did you target people obviously in your area? Yeah. And then did were you using like were you, did you make assumptions like, hey, this person's a CEO, they might be able to afford it more than someone who's like the assistant to the assistant to the assistant of the intern? For sure, I made a lot of connections there. So I never did any paid advertising at that time there, but uh, what I did would do was would connect and build those relationships. Right. And essentially LinkedIn became a big part of my story because when it was time to leave Pella, I was only there for a year and uh, I wanted to start a business, still not in the same place, not in the right place to start a business. And I remember thinking, wouldn't it be awesome if I could have a social media company, but would anybody pay for that? And so what I decided to do is I went and, became a salesperson at an agency to see kind of how yeah. agency life yep. worked. Sure. Uh, I was lucky. I got in the only agency that didn't believe if anyone will buy social media. So it didn't become a huge issue when I left. Uh, I don't even know if they, they ended up closing their doors, but up until that, I day, was going to say, how did that work? You say you're an ad, that was an ad or a marketing agency. Yeah. It was a and they didn't, like be- an they SEO didn't, agency. they didn't believe that social media was, they like, Towards the end of that, they were selling it, but they had like one person in the corner that was like the thing they would do at the end of the day. They didn't really see like the vision that I saw. Sure. Uh, So I just kept up because I've always been in sales. I kept up that LinkedIn um, and I grew my LinkedIn following. And then it was time to leave that agency. They were getting hit with a lawsuit. You know, kind of everything all happens at once. Right. And so I knew it was time to leave. They were getting hit with a lawsuit. They put in writing to me, hey, if you don't join this lawsuit. We know you want to go somewhere else. We'll take away your non-compete, which opened up the door for me to start looking. And right when I started looking, uh, Nike reached out to me through my LinkedIn following. And Nike wanted me to start working on one of their entities for an athlete that was about 
to hit, um, he was about to hit the Hall of Fame, and they were thinking about taking his brand digital. Was it me? No. Oh, that's good. Not yet. I was going to say because Nike. I mean, you're super money. young, so we're not. We're not. And there I'm yet. super. Young. My career as an athlete is just getting started. So, all right. So you're sitting there, and you're. Uh, congratulations on that. Um, you know, I think I look back at my history as an entrepreneur and had like such a long, like I discovered, so you kind of discovered your business uh, intentionally, but accidentally there. Like, I, I you, discovered you it wanted, through sales. Yeah. 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 And, but so like my ticket business, that uh, uh, and I ended up doing for eight years was total accident. Like I would just like had some tickets to something and I sold them on eBay and I made a hundred bucks and I was like, huh, maybe I could do this again. Yeah. Like I wasn't even looking for that business. And, and, you know, I think sometimes as an entrepreneur, you're just kind of feeling around trying to find something that sticks and trying to figure that out. So, okay. So by the way, when you, it's funny when you talk about MySpace. a, I've made a note here. I need to update my MySpace page. <laughs> it's still out there. It's I, been like 10 years. Every now and then I want to show this picture of me in vanilla ice at the opening night at McFadden's. Do you have one of those? It's on my MySpace. So every oh, now yeah. and then I log in to make sure it still works and then show these people that have worked for me that I have no idea what MySpace is because they were five, right? I'm like, look, see, I used to be cool so, too. And you know, it's funny because that, that for, that seems like a lifetime ago. That was 10 years. I have a friend that worked at MySpace when it very first started. Yeah. Oh, wow. I remember, I remember it was like 10 years ago and I was like, man, MySpace page has done well. Like, but do I really want Facebook? Like literally like, like at some point then like, does MySpace, is it still, what do they I think do? it's for musicians now. Okay. It's more where you can put a lot of your music. And it always was. It always had a yeah. lot of music related. Justin Timberlake was a huge <laughs> investor in that after yeah. it had already kind of plummeted. Okay. So, so Nike reaches out and now all of a sudden, so that's a whale. Were you, okay. I thought is, it was going to be. Is it well, okay? That's a, another topic we should yeah. talk about along the way. But at that point, do you kind of realize you're like, oh wow? So here's the whale. It's on the line. But like, am I equipped and ready to deal with Nike? Uh, well, I don't think anything through too much, and so I had welcome to the club. <laughs> I had bought. I remember getting for my birthday one year. I got a hundred dollars, and I remember with that hundred dollars, I bought my URL for like five years of my company that I currently have. I bought, and I mean, I think it was maybe 30 bucks or whatever, right? But I had had this URL for three years because I believed at this time, I'm sure I was listening to some self-help book, that if I bought it, it would it would happen. It was just a matter of I had kids and I had to pay for everything, right? And I didn't, you don't have a savings account when you're a single mom, like without a college degree, without a real like career job. You just don't have that. So I just knew it would be the right time. So I think the minute I got the call, I was like, it's the right time. There wasn't much thinking to it, but it was a lot of proposals and a lot of learning. And it didn't end up, they didn't end up taking the brand digital at all because of the, the amount of time that they would in-house build the e-commerce site versus when he would hit the Hall of Fame and there's a bunch of analytics and numbers, but essentially every day after the Hall of Fame, your net worth goes down, 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 down as an athlete. And so it didn't make sense. They're making $150 million in exporting goods just sitting there the past however many years for nike it didn't make sense to take this, this is one of their only brands that didn't go digital hmm. at all but I, I learned a ton so it was like the best big proposal to go through that makes everything else now look like if i i literally like we don't do rfps because i went through all that stuff with nike and it wasn't really necessarily a letdown because i knew the value of what i was learning but it was definitely like 
okay, you spent all this time doing all yep. of this work for nothing. For nothing right. And now we've really taken a different stance on RFPs versus most agencies. Huh, you should see what we do at Stackify. We get these like 200 question security questionnaires. <sighs> they're not even RFPs. They're just like yeah. security questionnaires. Do you fill them out? For big clients, we have to. Maybe for a big one, yeah, it's maybe, a, maybe. But they're, it's atrocious. Yeah. It's just such a waste of time. I've been down that road. And, I, you know, Matt, we've talked about that here on the podcast because um, it was Venn Solutions. You had some similar things. You like to see this big channel client or someone in your life. We did some big RFPs yeah. for manufacturers and stuff. And knowing we weren't going to win the first two or three of them. But eventually they did. We Like eventually they had every website for every Lexus dealer. And we had some different things that, that we did. But. It's a process, RFPs and stuff. I cringe when I hear RFP. Yeah. So in in our age, in our industry, where we're seeing right now is most of our RFPs are anywhere from thirty to sixty thousand, which is a big number. But my average contract is twenty four thousand, right? And we've got contracts that are eighty thousand. If you're looking at if you're looking at them annually, not monthly, right? Which could turn into the next month they're with us, the next month they're with us. So. For me, it just doesn't make sense right now right. to put all that time into it. If yeah. we grow and if we get into a space where we're getting bigger RFPs, then maybe it makes sense. But where we're at right now, it doesn't make sense. And I learned that lesson, I think, real quick. Did you just fumble something, Matt? I did. That's because you had your cell phone out. No, it fell off my chair. I know. Matt was like trying to hide that he was texting, maybe. No. Were you texting during class, Mr. Watson? No. Mm-mm. You go write your name on the chalkboard All 10 right. times. I will not text during the podcast. Yes, sir. Well, you don't have to do it. I don't really care. All right. You, you, if you were actually effect, effectively being an effective manager, you would delegate someone else. <laughs> do you want me to have Breland or yeah, Camille sure, come yeah, in to write, your, yes. write your name on the yes. board? Okay. So, all right. So LinkedIn, it's going well. Um, what do you think is, uh, what's a tip to either building the LinkedIn following or using it effectively? Cause yeah. like, uh, well, can I lead with one? Cause I think some people yeah. are terrible at their own profile. Yeah. I mean, isn't that just like the most basic place to start? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the best thing about LinkedIn is, so the one piece I hadn't said yet is that the thing with Nike didn't work out but I had gotten a bartending job for the, what that was going to be my like money coming in at the beginning of my business. I was able to quit in 30 days because I put one post on LinkedIn that said, Hey, I'm doing this. And I got other clients off of that. Right. They weren't Nike, but they were like some awesome businesses that were great first clients that were patient with me while I was learning my business. Uh, So I think that the one thing is people don't understand LinkedIn's where you get to tell your own story and people are there to listen. They're there to listen and they either become your supporters and they want to help you grow your business or be your mentor, or they become your clients because they want to do business with you. And a lot of people see LinkedIn as just the place to get a job. 45% of millionaires check LinkedIn daily. If they do not, like something like that, 40% of them don't check another social media site. That's so weird. Which part? That that many, that percentage of people would use LinkedIn. Yeah, LinkedIn is like some is makes a lot of sense to me on and on some days, and it is enigma on others. You know, like um, um, you know, some people they it's clearly there for those that want to not use Facebook for that same kind of purpose. But at the same time, I find myself more involved with a Facebook connection on a lot of days, and then sometimes not. Like I use LinkedIn a lot for recruiting. Yeah. Um, use it for a number of different things. Now, Matt is actually 
<clears throat> very effective. You, you, Matt, you're you're quite effective at stirring up conversation. That's what I usually try and do on LinkedIn. I have fourteen thousand connections on LinkedIn, um, and I'm winning. I usually just try and stir 20, up conversation. Yeah. Twenty. Ahead, I'm right sorry. in the middle. I've got about 16,000 followers. You guys both got quiet like mice all of a sudden. Well, because I like that you I'm guys... I'm trying are... to not show you up. No, so my... I Facebook, What do you mean stir up conversation? Just um, <laughs> create conversation amongst my followers, like ask open-ended questions or maybe... Like industry stuff? Maybe yeah. make some, some statement that's a little, a slightly controversial and get people to uh, talk about it or whatever. And... and you know, on LinkedIn, if, if a post has a lot of likes and a lot of comments and all of a sudden it kind of surfaces in everybody's feed, right? And that's kind of the only way to get noticed yeah. by a lot of people. So I can go in there and sometimes it'll say like the number of people who have viewed your post will be like 20,000 people have viewed this post. Yeah. So, you know, and the only way to do that is to create an interesting conversation. Yeah, you definitely have to set yourself up as a thought leader in some sort of space, right? Which is what I think that I was able to do really quickly because the second I started my business... We also almost started this like subsidiary of the business that just runs under the business, but where we are, we have become the LinkedIn like experts. So like major companies pay to bring me in to, to talk about LinkedIn. I do a lot of workshops around for some major companies. Um, Central Exchange, the all women organization has brought me in a couple of times to talk about LinkedIn. But essentially what we're talking about is sales at the end of the day. Like how do you become a thought leader there that leads to more business and whatever thing. Nobody's trying to just not grow their business and they're hanging out on LinkedIn or get more clients or have, you know, have some sort of connections that lead to eventual business down the road. So as a business, um, LinkedIn, you think from an advertising and sales perspective, is it best by just having the connections and posting on there or through their paid stuff that they do? Like what, what is the biggest, like what works yeah. the best? So I think if you're going to do LinkedIn advertising, which we do, which one of my very best friends has actually done all the LinkedIn learning on the back of LinkedIn because he kills it at advertising. He just, that's all his agency does is just LinkedIn advertising. Uh, and he had a lot of success. I used to be super against LinkedIn advertising till about a year ago. They've uh, changed so much of their like being able to really target what it is, is it's very expensive to do LinkedIn advertising. So if you're going to do it, you need to do it well, and you need to know exactly what your goal is at the end and who you're going to target market. I was lucky enough that um, LinkedIn took me out there a couple months ago. And so I got to learn a lot about how they're like really trying to grow their advertising space and, and got to ask a lot of questions and meet a lot of people that are actually working on it daily. And I think that's how they see themselves because, you know, they were bought out by Microsoft a few years do, ago. Do they make it easy now to do advertising via retargeting? Yes, a little bit. I think some of the privacy stuff is played in. It's it's filtering over just so that they don't get in trouble. They've never gotten in trouble, but it's more retargeting just through business means versus like where you work, location, what your job title is, not necessarily, you know, a race and um, family demographic. Like because when, when we tried this before, it's like only showing ads on LinkedIn, like not very many people actually go to LinkedIn every day, where if you could target like, you know, for Stackfire, like directors at these software companies, whatever, in this geography, be able to do retargeting against that group, but show the ads like anywhere, you know, on yeah. the internet. That seemed like the goldmine of like, okay, this is how we target people that fit our exact audience. But we don't need to show the ads on LinkedIn because they don't necessarily go there every day, but they surf the web. But I think they're getting ready to. 
or they have. So LinkedIn's come from 400 to 600 million followers, like grown from 400 to 600 million just in 2019 already. Of like members? Yeah. Wow. That's that significant. Yeah. They're growing, growing, growing all of the time. They've gone from 2,000 to 5,000 employees in the last year and a half. Wow. They're growing so quick. Is there anybody that even competes with LinkedIn? It's really think, its yeah. own thing, right? And I think really... Alignable is trying to, but I don't think it's anyone. I mean, is there anybody that competes with Facebook for that same thing? Yeah, they're just too dope. But Facebook is sort of like where I go to waste time and I can go lots of places and waste time like Instagram or Snapchat or Twitter or whatever, where LinkedIn is more like a business community. Almost, yeah, yeah. Right. I have a fabulous uh, LinkedIn friend connection that she posted a video yesterday and it was so spot on. She said, Facebook, Twitter, they're kind of like going to a backyard barbecue where LinkedIn's like going to a networking event. Right. Yeah. Those are the different, that's yeah. my different point. mindset, different connections. I mean, you don't ever see a picture on LinkedIn of what someone had for lunch or what their kids wearing to a dance recital. Not without a business spin on it, right? Right. So I do. Uh, it's amazing how the community self governs that way. Oh, man. Right? People get shitty about it. Oh, they yeah, yeah, they really do. And they stop following your yeah. stuff and then you eventually stop posting. I, you know, I put something up there this last weekend was Mother's Day. And so I, my daughter filled out her, you know, they have them fill out those mother's things. Like my mom's good at this. My mom's good at that. And so the one that my daughter filled out, it said, my mom's good at, and then she fills in the blank herself. She's seven, said making money. And so is what she put in there. And so I took a picture and put it on LinkedIn and spun it and said, you know, you're an entrepreneur when your mother's day present looks mm -hmm. like this, right? And one of the other sheets was my mom teaches me and hers was to run a company nice. right? versus like to cook Perfect. or something. And so, and that actually had a ton of traffic on LinkedIn because it's not necessarily work specific, right. but it's something people can relate to that are in this Yeah, space. no, that was perfect. Figuring, that's the thing about LinkedIn is figuring out how to twist those things mm -hmm. around so it's relevant and post content out there and whatever. So so if you, you said that until a year ago, you weren't a big supporter of the CPC at LinkedIn, well, what were you doing? Like, Because I, I think LinkedIn's the centric part about building your business. So, what, so we're just doing all organic on LinkedIn for really long. I mean, everything I've... LinkedIn has, I've probably spent more time in talking about LinkedIn as an agency than probably any other agency in this city, I would say. But we were doing a lot of, the organic's insane there still. So define organic, like just yeah. meaning like the posts and engagement. Post content, or? engagement, anything you're not putting a, a dollar behind that's okay. going to LinkedIn. Uh, the, the advertising space requires a much bigger budget than a lot of clients that we started out with could afford. Too. So your uh, your cost per click there is is quite a bit higher. So it has to be such as like what's like you know. I know it's a tough question to answer because certain things are going to closer yeah. to fifteen sixteen dollars on some. Okay. You know where you could get the same cost per click for maybe on the high end five dollars on Facebook. If like, it's super targeted though, and it's like like yeah. for full scale, if it was going to uh, chief technology officers exactly. or people like that, I mean that because you can go through. Oh my god. You can go through a lot of clicks. Yeah. So when you talk about posting organic on LinkedIn, are you talking about as an individual or the company pages? Because I've never done a whole lot with the company pages. Mm -hmm. Does does that work? So the company pages only work if your individuals that are connected to the company page are willing to do the work as well. Right. So some of the things I'm gonna give away a trade secret. Are you ready? Yeah. Oh, oh here we go. Yeah, here we like go. Wait, here hang go. on, hang on. I'm really open <laughs> about yeah, giving away our effects. secrets. We need sound effects. Wait, I have a drum button on here. I've oh. never hit it. Like it's gonna be like ch -ch 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 -pop. so no, I'm not gonna do it. Go ahead. Trade secret alert. Spoiler alert. 
Okay, spoiler alert. One of the things we actually do is we actually, if we bring on a company that we that we see that the uh, the owners or the major salespeople or any faces of the company just they're not going to be involved with LinkedIn. One of the things that we say that we have to do is we also have to be able to manage their LinkedIn. And every now and then you'll get a company where there's just like, like we have a property management company that is a large property management place. We've got one of their places right now. It's kind of a test run to take on the rest of their places. And there's just, there's not enough that we can do with their leasing people. They're not faces enough to, um, to be able to really leasing people switch in and out a lot. Right. So we actually made a whole nother persona, kind of an avatar, like to help grow the company page, because you have to be all in on the personal ones to help grow your company one. Does that make sense? Okay. So we will, we don't just manage the company one. We'll say we need whoever one of the faces of the company is to help grow this because people want to work with people they like at the end of the day, which gets weird when I talk about we're doing an avatar, but this avatar is taken off because it posts really fun stuff and it's an avatar and people know that. Like we're not pretending we're Can a person. you have fake accounts on LinkedIn? I probably not, but yes. Po- I mean, <laughs> I guess you could. I don't I mean, see. is it a fake account? I mean, it's it's a yeah, it's an avatar account right. that we that we manage. So it happens, but we've been pretty but open with the, what that's it for is. The, that's for the purpose of creating continuity yeah. and a roster of people that sounds like it swaps out a lot. And exactly. that's and you know, you think about that. That's uh, you know, something that a lot of companies deal with. You know, they have one person or a face or someone, and then that person's gone, and it's like, do we just start over? Yeah, where do we go? You know. I think I want to be like the Wendy's Twitter oh, of, so link, of LinkedIn. Let's do it. Probably not a good idea, though. Or you can do it good, though. Like, Wendy's Twitter is savage. That's, it, a, that's yeah. a kid. Um, one of my 12-year-old uses that word a lot. So I'm I think it's, to put appropriate, in my it's an appropriate term. So it's also savage. the word I use to describe Watson. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, mainly because he's it. got a shirt off right now and is wearing war paint. What's up with that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I said that like that love is a battlefield. But we'll get a video of this later. You know what? Actually, <laughs> since I just mentioned love is a battlefield, can we play mixtape? Let's play mixtape. Let's okay. do it. Mixtape. Mixtapethegame.com, ah. digital version coming soon. Is that better? That's good. Yeah. Okay, thanks. All it's right. a party game. Let's so, party. Uh, Did I'm, you guys make it? No. No, but we, are, Local we, we have invested in it. And that's where the digital version is coming soon. So I am going to name a scenario and then we will all name a song okay. that comes to mind. And then we will vote. You cannot vote for yourself and we'll see who wins. The best song to listen to while driving Gravedigger at a monster truck rally. Katy Perry Roar. Mm. I'm struggling. I, I think it's got to be Fuck You by CeeLo Green. Dude, that's like, that has been, you can't steal my default. I've used that did. for like seven. Okay. Um, <laughs> wow. And uh, I want to do something that like involves crush. I can't think of a crush. So. Can I change mine? Yeah. Hit me baby one more time by Britney Spears. <laughs> <laughs> I'm voting for Aaron and I'm withdrawing my own answer. This is the first time in the history of mixtape. I haven't had like six options. I was thinking about, you know, there's that song by White Zombie that was popular when I was mm-hmm. in high school that was about, like, driving your car like a million miles an hour. Yeah, but I like Hit Me Baby one more time. Are you, are you, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to vote for her. Because you yeah. can't vote for me. 
Yes. So Aaron, congratulations. You, you are the winner. Yes. Okay. Do they okay. sell that down at the game store yet? That, this is the one in River Market? This is distributed uh, through a company called Breaking Games. The founder's local here. You can buy it on Amazon. It's probably okay, the best cool. place to get it. It's fun. Digital Sometimes version. Sometimes available at Target. Digital it's version. Target. Yeah, it is. it's available at over 2,000 Targets. Yeah. There's a also other local entrepreneur over in the River Market that sells all board games, and you can go in there and play board games. We've been buying board games there, and I'm a little bit obsessed. I would. I'm not a board game guy. Mm, I am. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. I'm so quick with my answer. Okay. So, bat. Where were? What were we talking about? Other than next LinkedIn. We were talking about LinkedIn and oh. LinkedIn advertising. You want my LinkedIn tip? I don't think I ever get it. I would love a LinkedIn. Oh yeah. Tip. Okay. So here's the thing, and I'm going to read you mine. So I'm going to pull out my phone. I hope that's okay. Permitted. Approved. And so the LinkedIn headline is where a lot of people already put their job. So most says like most people's theirs would say CEO, Lillian James. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Right. But the whole point of the headline is the headline shows up with your picture and your name in the newsfeed, right? Right. Yep. The whole point of the headline is getting people to come look at your page. Right. So you need to have a headline. I call it almost like this is where you get a chance to be a rapper. It needs to be a hook. So people want to come get more. So I was going to read you mine. Okay. I changed mine out a lot. So this is my current one. This is where the drum thing, the drum sound effect would be good. (laughs) This is where the drum We got to step up our game, man. (laughs) We need a Foley artist. One of these things is not like the others, like a rainbow with all of the colors. T-Swift gets me. iTunes compares my my podcast to Oprah's. Someone once called me the Kim K of KC public speaking. It says nothing about what I do and everything about what I do. And it's way too long to actually fit in the headline? No, because it says dot, dot, dot. So they click on to read the rest. Mm. Now they're on my page. Now they scroll down. Now I got them. Hmm. You know, I, so I, all right. So I, I, uh, I don't know, it was a year or two ago, I went through and I put some emphasis on my own, you know, like I actually created my own video. That's like, hey, you know, my name's Matt DeCorsi. If, thanks if you're following me on Did LinkedIn. Did you link it right under the Yeah, it's like in there. It's in the profile or whatever. I uploaded it, which took forever for whatever reason. But, you know, talking about some of the things that I like doing and blah, blah, blah. I just feel like I've learned through the history of SEO that satisfying all fields on anything is a good idea. Yeah. Like, uh, right. you know, like, for example, if you do not have your picture on your LinkedIn page, I am not following you. I'm not replying to you. Or there's a new setting. So a lot of people's pictures aren't showing up right now because there's a new setting. You have to go into settings where it says display and choose that your picture can be uh, uh, like everyone can see it, not just to your connections. So, and I, and okay. Interesting. So I tried some different things, but the, the, the banner that I used that I think has been the most effective was I took a big stack of my books and I like fanned them out and I did that kind of like, you know, Instagrammy kind of picture. So the first thing you see is like, all these books that say million dollar bedroom on them. And I should, I might revisit the change because now it's like, you know, full scale.io co-founder or founder or whatever like that. And, and, but I got a huge response when it just said million dollar bedroom author. Yeah. Cause and I would imagine it's probably cause that was, cause you know, whether you read the book or not, like the one thing people are like, I want to know what's in the bedroom. And just enough of an attention it's grabber in a, a world yeah, full like of, hi, I'm the CEO, I'm the COO, I'm the associate president, I'm the whatever. But yeah, what does yours say? On my LinkedIn, yeah. my headline? Yeah. 
It says dun, 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 founder simple. at Stackify and Full Scale developer, serial entrepreneur, blogger, podcaster, and speaker. What does mine say? And then yeah, we all have our phones out. And I think now, well, I don't have my phone. I only oh, have yeah. a, I have a laptop. Yours says founder, founder of Full Scale yeah. Gigabook, million dollar bedroom, author, startup hustle podcast co-host. So I would challenge you to put founder at the end. Yeah, the end. I was just yeah. thinking the same thing because that like doesn't really grab. And it already says it in your experience. Yeah, but true. when people are looking at it in the the like in their feed, though, are people more interested if you're a founder? No. No. So you okay. see like the books or whatever, and it's like, I don't know. I figured that was, I don't know, maybe gets attention. You know who's interested if you're the founder? Salespeople. That's probably true. Oh, this is super creepy. What? I just pulled up my LinkedIn, and your post is the first thing in my feed. Yeah. That is super creepy. It's also like kind of confirming. How the hell is that? But that's confirming that somebody knows what they're doing. And this picture of you is kind of creepy too. What's well, that? <laughs> that's it's because like, we, oh we put Jordan in charge. Jordan, who's on our sales team, in charge. What, of what the are the boomerang. odds that I pull up LinkedIn and you are the first thing in my feed? That's what I do. Why am I not the first? I want to be first. You're never in my feed. You want to know why that came up first in your feed? Because I posted that yesterday and then I waited the appropriate 12 hours, 12 to 24 hours to comment on everybody's comments. So now it re hit newsfeed. So you should wait 12 hours? Weird. Only on LinkedIn. I think algorithms work like that. Yes, right huh. now. 12 oh, to 24 hours. Oh, algorithms. And then you don't comment on the new ones. Then you wait another 12 to 24 hours. I can make that keep coming up the next keep, couple days. Keep making it pop, huh? Yeah. What about my reaches on that? I think she just dropped a second tip. It happens, man. You know, it's funny. People still aren't going to do it. It doesn't matter how much you tell well, them. Well, that's my point. It. Well, that's what I was just about to say, Aaron, is, you know, you can give people the best tips in the world. It's about execution. Yeah. Uh, I, some free advertising. We actually um, hired your company I'm for, uh, uh, we'll call it a trial because everything's a trial, right? But it was really, you know, LinkedIn, you know, Matt and I have had an ongoing conversation about LinkedIn advertising and stuff. Like we realized that the people we want to talk to are there. Yeah. And then we just want to take it another step, you know, like where, you know, where it's at. And I've seen certain posts. So I have um, a large following in Cebu. Like wow. out of my 21,000 followers, probably 6,000 of them are in Cebu. Because wow. I'm trying. That's where we have all, that's where all our employees are. And I've had some posts, like when we announced the new office. Oh my God, man. I don't think I've ever had a social media post that had more engagement. I mean, it had like six, 700 likes. It was like the use of like 20,000 yeah. views. Yep. And, uh, you know, the, the thing that I realized as well that, and part of the thing that was tough for us to scale was, you know, you talk about like, who's going to be the face or the voice or whatever. When I reach out to people there and I say, Hey, I would like to, I would like it if you would, if you're interested, we'd like to talk to you about working for our company. And they, that, it, that message is heard completely different than it than when it comes from a recruiter at yeah. our office. They're like, I'm honored. I'm like, I have a weird, weird recruiting thing. I think that recruiting is one of those industries that needs to revisit what they're doing oh, yeah. before they go away. Yeah. And it, I, I well, think that's one of the last uh, industries yeah. looking. Well, so talk about recruiting. There are companies now that are offshore and places like that, that will do recruiting for, a fraction of the price of a yeah. local recruiter will. And they'll like, like stack fight. We go to them and say, look, we'll give you $3,000 a month 
And you're basically going to have a full-time person all day long that is recruiting just for us. Yeah. And we don't pay you 20% or whatever if we hire somebody. You yeah, just in marketing, it's usually 30% of whatever the person's salary. It's insane. And I can see how it worked before the internet. For forty for forty grand that. for forty grand, I'm willing to take a stab at recruiting my own multiple employees before <laughs> I'm, I'm hiring wrong, a header. Yeah. I'm just being honest with you. Like well, I so have a very here, tough I mean, time writing that. Here, here's the okay here's it. the flip side of it, right? So think about full scale, for example. Uh, we have an employee. Let's let's pretend we could bill them out for ten grand a month. Okay, every month we don't have that Which person. Which would be way higher than any. But we're just pretending, pretending, right? If we lose a lot of money if we don't bill that person out every month. So if a recruiter can help us find them much quicker, then that's revenue we would, you know, be able to receive much quicker. So for some companies like that, the speed of it is yeah. important from that well, another perspective. Thing, right? another it's opportunity is, cost that's lost. Well, it, and with that, because I, I am actually a, a big fan of, of certain recruitment vessels, but the, the headhunter, like some of that with the rising cost of certain people, I mean, it's mm-hmm. steep. Like I said, like 40 grand, like, what are you doing for me? Like, I think it's always going to be around for executives. The, the, yeah. But when you look at certain things, like, you know, you put an ad on Indeed or something, you get 200 replies to it. And then, you know, like you got to go through them, you got to whittle yeah. them down. You got to do all these phone calls. You got, you know, you're hoping to maybe get 20 people in. Now you're going to interview them and now you're down to five. And then you want to hopefully have someone that you don't even know if they're going to be good until they actually show but up what, at the job. What's absolutely crazy right now is, so a software developer around here makes 120 to $140,000 a year now. To pay a recruiter 25% yeah, of that. it's 40 grand, dude. Is, you know, 30 grand, whatever the number is. Yeah. We can provide a full-time person in Cebu for, for almost same a amount. year, yeah. for at least over six months, for the same amount of money of just the placement fee. That's what, yeah, that's exactly what I'm That's saying. insane. Like, so many other options. That's insane. Like, you guys have an awesome option, right? Why wouldn't people, I just don't get it. And, you know, a lot of times you said a trial. We only do three-month um three month contracts and then roll over month to month because I kind of see everyone as a trial right, and now at our right. business. I'm to the point that not everybody even gets to try the trial, right? Because there are certain industries that I don't, I don't think it matters anything we do. Like if you don't want to adapt your industry to what's really going on, yeah. I can't help you. Well, we do that. I mean, and you're basically just talking about turning some people down. Like, I mean, we'll, we'll go through that at, at full scale. Like some of the things that will, you know, we want to see that you have the ability to manage the teams because we don't man we our clients manage their own projects yeah. and we have quickly determined that, that certain client that certain profiles fit better in the success model and yeah. um, then also like if someone I, inherently I'm not overly concerned with what our clients do because we don't manage it but if it's something that is just clearly like going to flop. I don't like that either because we could do the greatest job in the world and because they can't manage it or it's just bound to fail. um, You look at some reputation management there too. Like, you know, like you've done a great job, but they didn't know how to, you know, deal with it. Um, And then some people are just shitty to deal with. I don't have time for that. You know, like life's too short to have clients that suck. And that's a big thing too. And like, you know, that's, I imagine that's a hard, you know, we got, we're almost out of time here, but, um, and actually, you know what, as, as let's just go right into this. Cause we like to have all of our guests give some tips, uh, either for entrepreneurs, they can be do's, they can be don'ts, uh, they can be whatever. Um, you know, what would you say, um, to people that have, that want to do what you do or, 
you know, like, I mean, get, drop some knowledge, give some people, save someone some hassle. Okay. My, I'll give you my number one overall tip at all is just ask. And what do I mean by that? So uh, I think part, a huge part of why I've been successful is because I wasn't afraid of no at any point. So I wasn't afraid of that when that comes to clients for asking for money, for asking for appointments, for all of that, right? But I also wasn't afraid for some of the things that were super out of the box. So I knew very quickly on we needed office space and we could not afford office space, right? And so I made an appointment and I, on everywhere on the street. I wanted to be on Shawnee Mission Parkway. I made an appointment up and down Shawnee Mission Parkway with every open office, office space that I knew I could afford probably in the next six months. And I asked every single one of them if I could do their social media and and I would get free office space. They all told me no, where I think most people would have not got to that level, but I like to push it just a little bit farther. So the next week I called to follow up and one guy said, yes, he said, I can't get you out of my head. That guy now ended up selling that building and is now going to be our our landlord at our new building because I developed such a strong relationship. I wanted to go to Central Exchange because I knew there was women in there I could never get in front of at the very beginning. And it was like $100 a month, which is huge when you're starting a company. And so I couldn't afford that. So I had called, tried to, they had a new CEO, had called, tried to set up an appointment with her, couldn't get through to her. So I just showed up and found her office and said, hey, I just want to set an appointment with you. I don't want to take up your time now, but I just want to talk about giving you a free website. And of course, she's going to say yes to a free website because she was brand new. They weren't budgeted for a website. It was a bad website. I knew all that going in. I was able to develop this corporate partnership where now to this day, all of my employees go to CX as part of our corporate partnership. But I just kept asking questions that I don't think most people would have asked because they weren't comfortable. And I just knew at all times the worst they could say is no. And I just go on to the next thing. So that's my probably my number one tip. No is just the beginning of a negotiation. Yeah. And I'm in the same boat with you though. Like, I mean, I've made a living just asking. Yeah. I mean, and. But it's so uncomfortable for some people. Well, we were talking about that before for salespeople because salespeople just usually suck at asking for a sale. Like, hey, you know, and what's, I mean, the funny thing about that part too is that you're clearly in the meeting or they're in your store or wherever you're at. Like they're there. They understand that you're trying to sell something. But we get developed this very like strange short-term affinity with that person. And we think that it's all personal and we don't want to offend them. Right. And, you know, I, I think also in the whole exploration of learning and mentorship or whatever, like, like you said, just ask. Yeah. And, and, you know, especially if it's someone that you look up to, or you want some advice from, it is so easy to get people. We'll look at our bookings here at the podcast. It's not hard for us to get just guests ask. in. Just ask, ask people to come be a guest. Ask. And, yeah. and, and also like making it easy to like, that was the new thing, like the booking link. Yeah. You know, sending out the invite and it has, an, it has directions in it it's a, and, and answers some common questions like, what will we talk about? Like, you know, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. What are some facts about it? Will Watson have his shirt on? <laughs> that was my number one FAQ. FAQ, yeah. You guys got to put those at the top of the FAQ. I'm going to actually put a picture of Matt with his shirt off in the intro emails and then it's game over. Everybody will show up. There'll be like a lineup. Actually, here. you know what? I feel like if we do that, we won't. they won't have as much of a reason to show up. <laughs> So, yeah, that's but, like a, the more intimate part of coming. Okay, so thank you. Yeah, no where problem. can we learn more about your company? LillianJamesCreative.com. Yes. Okay, you're on social media as Lillian James. Yeah, the company's on there as Lillian James Creative. I am on LinkedIn as Aaron A A R O N, like a boy. Right. Folk, F U L K, like a bad word with an L. 
Oh, I see. I don't know how clean your podcast is. You can say folk you. Okay, folk you. Never heard it. It's first you time. Can, yeah, you can. <laughs> I like your shirt, by the way. What does your shirt say? It says, I'm a rock and wonder woman. I like that. Oh, I thought it said, I'm fucking wonder woman. Oh, I wish it was. Because, <laughs> you know, you didn't have your blouse open all the way there. Yeah. You know. <laughs> oh, That's my a, God. It's a blazer. A blazer. Let's, let's, just, this has, this <laughs> let's just clarify that. I could just see the C-K-I-N. You guys, said, I'm... Fucking Wonder Woman. That's all I saw. I ordered a Wonder Woman full-length skirt when I was a couple of glasses of wine in, and it showed up with this t-shirt. Nice. So I'm not sure where I'm going to wear the Wonder Woman skirt that I ordered, but... I have been admiring your pink blazer throughout the show. Thank you. Yeah. Pink everything at our office. Wait, just wait. You're coming today. Yeah. All hot pink everything. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Including your nails, by the way. (laughs) I really like pink. Thank you for bringing a little flavor and cool t-shirts to the show. (laughs) Well, we got to get out of here. So check out LillianJamesCreative.com, LillianJamesCreative on Instagram, Aaron, A-A-R-O-N-F-U-L-K on LinkedIn and see if you can let them help you figure some stuff out. See you guys next time. Thank you. Thanks guys. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of startup hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson for more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe and we'll catch you next time on startup hustle.